Cities in the Wilderness, A New Vision of Land Use in America by Bruce Babbitt, published by Island Press, read by Bruce Babbitt. Preface In the summer of 2005, as the first edition of this book went to press, I began preparing for the requisite book tour, during which authors are expected to promote sales by slogging through airports, lingering in bookstores hoping for an occasional buyer, holding forth at evening book parties attended by loyal friends of the host, and by trying to interest talk show hosts intent on debating whether McCain will get the nomination or whether Hillary can win a general election. And all in all, my topic, land use planning, was likely to be a hard sell. Then, on August 29th, just as I set out on tour, Hurricane Katrina descended on New Orleans. Land use now became an interesting and relevant subject. By coincidence, I had devoted this book's first chapter to explaining how a history of good land use planning had minimized hurricane damage in the state of Florida, and I now had a good opening for discussing the unhappy and chaotic Katrina experience in Louisiana. Eventually, I arrived in New Orleans, where I joined in debates over the future of that city, only to discover an aspect that I had not written about. Outside New Orleans, all along the Gulf Coastline, sea levels are gradually rising, inundating beaches, eating away the land and dissolving the coastal wetlands. Looking at the numbers, I could see that the Louisiana Delta, a rural region home to more than a million residents, mostly of Cajun extraction, is disappearing beneath the waters. By the end of this century, most of the delta may be underwater, leaving New Orleans as an island surrounded by huge levees. Some weeks later in California, I again encountered those rising sea levels brought on by global warming. I learned the seawater is moving farther into the California delta, threatening to destroy agricultural lands and to contaminate the freshwater drawn from the Sacramento River that supplies more than half the residents of the state. As if that were not a sufficient call to action, several participants in our discussion explained how Sacramento and the entire Central Valley of California are threatened by the effects of climate change on the Sierra Nevada. California's vast water supply infrastructure uses the natural storage provided by the Sierra snowpack, which stores moisture throughout the winter gradually releasing snowmelt into downstream reservoirs in the spring and summer, just in time to meet summer demand throughout the state. With global warming, the snows are gradually changing to winter rain, doing away with that natural storage and threatening to send huge winter floods into the valleys below. By the time I returned to the Atlantic coast for a presentation in Raleigh, North Carolina, I was somewhat better prepared to lead a discussion of land use in the context of global warming and landscape change. The changes underway in the Louisiana Delta and Sacramento are just the most obvious examples of what is happening along and near all our coastlines. And these changes are occurring at a time when 80% of the United States population is living and working within 50 miles of a coast, a continuing demographic trend away from the heartland toward vulnerable coastal regions. In North Carolina, extensive areas of the land fronting Pamlico Sound will be inundated. Carolina residents, however, are beginning to understand and accept the need for regional land use planning 
to deal with the relocation of highways and infrastructure and the eventual relocation of vulnerable shoreline populations. More than once I heard the phrase, managed retreat. Few questioned that it was time for some federal leadership in helping the states prepare for these changes. Returning to my home state of Arizona, I observed other climate-driven changes. A searing five-year drought has lowered reservoir storage on the Colorado River to less than 50% of capacity, with no relief in sight. Scientists are now questioning whether the desert regions of the Southwest can continue to support megacities like Phoenix, even as these regions consume vast amounts of water for irrigated agriculture. Here, as elsewhere, water shortages will demand new approaches to regional land use planning, even sooner and more urgently than I suggest in Chapter 4 of this book.